see why he's screaming. All right, his his hands are coming up to his face, and you can see that his eyeballs have exploded out of their sockets. But it was as if they were filled with some sort of dark liquid. It's like it's black blood is now leaking from his face out of his eyes and just down his face, and he just continues to scream. So Cranton will see his friend screaming clearly in excruciating pain. He gra- he'll grab him by the shoulders and kind of shake him and try to get him to stop screaming. The screaming continues. And once he sees that that doesn't stop him from screaming, he will stop shaking him, but keep his hands on his shoulders. He'll look him in what's left of his face, almost as if to say bye. And then he'll just wrap his one of his hands around his throat and just crush it, putting <laughs> him out of his misery. <clears throat> And then just the screaming finally stops. And then we'll cut over to Everin who has various swords and daggers and implements and crossbows all pointed at him. So without the reaction that he was hoping for from all the people who are now rather unhappy to see him, he will say, so I am here looking for Cameron on advice from Cranthon. So when you say Cranthon, the people who've been looking at you warily now look at you with anger. They get snarls on their face, their their weapons are drawn, and sort of point at you more threateningly, and a couple of them actually start to move closer to you. That doesn't seem to be the way to win them over. So doing his best to persuade them that he is not a threat, he will uh, throw his real left hand up in the air, and with his uh, phantasmal right hand, he'll uh, use his thumb and first finger to draw the hilt of his dagger, or not dagger, but short sword out of his belt. And hold it up out in front of him and let it drop point first into the floor and stick. <laughs> and he'll slowly put his other hand back up into the air. Cranton sent me, just looking for some information, trying to find Cameron. I really don't mean you guys any harm. Well, I'm afraid you're a little bit late. This is the bartender. Cameron's not here anymore. I'm in charge. Now you best start talking how you found this place. Because I have a feeling there that you're not going to make it much longer than it takes him to cross that room. I don't exactly know. Cranthon gave me this monocle, and he pulls it out of his pocket, lets it dangle from the chain, and holds it out in front of him and says, he just told me to follow the lanterns that I would see with this thing. I really didn't expect this kind of welcome. So the the two figures that are coming to you, one's a male, one's a female. The, the female's actually a little bit taller and uh, she will come around behind you and bring a short sword up against your throat. And the, the shorter man will take it, and he's looking at the monocle, and he'll actually call over his shoulder to the room. Yep, it's Cranthon's all right. I think we finally found that knife here that took him out. It's going to be a pleasure to gut you like a fish. Well, Cranthon's still alive. Lies! Sort of. And he'll throw the dagger. Uh, he'll like jab it towards you, just stopping short of your throat. No, really. He's he's here in town. He's one of my shipmates. I didn't kill him. And if I had killed him, he wouldn't have been able to tell me how to use this thing. Uh, so the shorter man will look over towards the bartender and uh, bring him over here. I want to talk to him. And they'll kind of roughly shove you over towards the bar. Uh, they take up 
side to either side of you, their weapons are still out, and pretty much the entire bar is just silent and watching. And the bartender, he'll set two mugs on the counter. He'll turn around. He'll get a like a quarter tankard of ale, and he'll pour full uh, mugs for you know, one for each of you. He'll slide yours older over, and then he'll sit down and kind of like prop his elbow on the bar counter, put his face on his or face on his fist, and say, "Why don't you start from the beginning?" All right then, and I will immediately down the drink because it may be my last one. <laughs> and after I set it back on the bar. I begin. And that's how I got here. So he uh, he's he's went through about half of his tankard and he kind of shakes his head and says, that's got to be one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. Not the craziest, but one of it. But there's a couple details there that I'm very interested in. You said Foss has got you to to take this crystal key from the sunken hills. Did he say what he wanted it for? No, wouldn't even tell us what kind of key it is. How much is he paying you to get it? Everyone kind of cocks his head to the side and says, you know, he's not paying us anything. Then you're a damned fool. Wouldn't be the first time that I've been called that. But Foss said that there's plenty of other valuables in this room. And you believed him? Uh, Well, I guess we'll call it a majority vote. But he said we're welcome to him. As long as we get him that key. Well, let me make you a counter offer. One, you get out of this room alive. Two, you bring me that crystal key, and I will pay you 1,000 gold dragons. Well, I like the first part of your offer the best. I have no reason to say no, being as I'm not in really that good of a position. Yeah, maybe you're not as big of a damn fool as I thought. Also not the first time I've heard that either. Probably won't be the last. I'll raise the mug that hopefully by this point has had been refilled. Yeah, he'll he'll refill it. So our timeline's been moved up. It should only take us a couple days. Is that suitable to you? The sooner the better, but yeah. So I'll expect you back here in two days' time. Crystal key in hand. Sounds good. Fantastic. So uh, Everin puts the mug down the bar. Uh, spins around on a stool and takes a couple steps toward the door. He stops and turns around and says uh, back to the bartender, so I was told to come find Cameron. Granton said that's who I need to talk to, but you said he's not here. What's your name so that I know? You can call me Graydon. Graydon? I actually have a question for you. All right. How'd you get down here? Uh, the The stones? You don't know the words. He'll look back at the bartender, kind of puzzled. What words? The words. If you say the right words, the stones will show you the way down here. Uh, well, Cranton didn't tell me about anything of the stones. And I didn't say any words. I just, I don't know, um, happen chance, put one in my mouth. You put it in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> so we will cut back to Cranton. You have uh, just silenced Paleth from his screams, and you're now standing in his, uh, basically his dwelling. So, like, basically realizing what I've done, I, Cranton will stand there for probably over a minute or so, and he'll just kind of go within his own thoughts, 
And while he's doing that, he just flashes back and thinks of like all the times that Paleth has helped him and all this stuff. And then while he's thinking about that, he then refocuses his attention on what's happening at the present time. The mage hound's body is just crushing the little life that was left in Paleth. He's just crushing his neck more and more and just shaking him. And after a test of wills, he fights it and gets control of the mage hound again. And he releases the body like and he just slumps to the ground and then he will look around the place. He will run over and grab the lantern that's on the table and he will knock it over and then he will grab the green coin purse and he will stand at the door and wait and let some of the fire build up to make sure no one puts it out. And then he will push the curtains and the cloth and stuff into it further. He's standing at the at the door, making sure that the fire like starts to consume the place. And when he starts to hear like the steam and he remembers the water that used to be in the bowl on the table. And then he re- recalls the bow needle and the fork and he sees the bow needle. Well, nope. I'm going to have you roll for that because there's a now a fire everywhere and the table was knocked over. So give me a perception roll to see if you can actually find those items. Twelve. Okay. You can find one of them. Basically, you'll be able to see either the bone or the fork. I'll let you decide which one you found. The other will be lost in the fire. I will grab the bone needle. Okay. So the fork is already too close to the fire and the silver has started to melt. And I really didn't think it was important anyways. So I don't even try to take it out. So I'll grab the bow needle and I'll scoop it up and open the door and close it and lock it behind me so that even someone trying to put out the fire is going to have a hard time getting in. Okay. Especially if they don't know how to work the door, it will just keep locking itself. And then I'm going to quickly get away from there. Okay. So uh, I'll have you guys. It's now, let's say, like five o'clock in the morning. Cade and uh, Lander have been getting uh, all the equipment geared together, probably catching uh, catnaps in between. Not sure when you would return. And by uh, RPG happenstance, Cranthon and everyone will get back to the ship at basically the same time. How'd it go? So, as I'm running up and I see him, I say, how did you go with finding out information about Boss? Everyone, roll me a perception check. Eleven. You noticed some sort of scorch marks along his cloak. Soot marks as well, but nothing beyond that. So as we're running up, I, uh, you can see me running up, and I'm moving with a bit of haste. And I say to you, did you have any success with Cameron? Did he tell us tell you anything of Voss? So Evren's been moving kind of sluggishly up to this point. He's kind of worn out from... Uh, nearly getting murderized and uh he's got a scowl on his face as he sees cranton because he's not too happy with uh, the lack of information that he got he will take his sword in his phantasmal hand and with the flat of it he will like go to essentially just slap cranton across the the breast with it just like to say you're an ass and as you do that, your hand disappears, <laughs> and the sword goes flying. <laughs> and that's it's my it's my it's my phantasmal sword from my 
phantasmal hand. So that's exactly why I did it that way. Yeah, so, so it comes back. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it goes, and now you just don't have an arm or a sword. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll kind of take a step back with my right foot and move my shoulder back, and my left hand will go out and kind of point in what would be your face and say, "You gave me the worst information ever. I nearly died. You could have warned me about the stones." So we will get into this conversation as we're moving and you guys are walking into the galley where Kate and Lander are. And the last thing we hear Everin saying is in my mouth. I had to put them in my mouth. That's not how you were supposed to do it. Really? Whoa. <laughs> sounds Everin? like you had a great time. Sounds like a party. To be honest. Not even you. close. <laughs> Albie's just kind of chuckling on the floor. Yeah, he knows what's up. <laughs> Well, I obviously have hands covered in blood and gore. Yeah, I haven't done anything to conceal it, basically. Yeah, so in the light, you can see his his cloak is scorched and he has blood on his hands. So, uh, how did it go? So, Cranton will look down at himself now that he can see under the candlelight, and he will immediately wipe off his hands on his cloak and crumple it up and try to get as much of Paleth off of him, off of him as he can. And it depends on who you are on how it went. But um, for us, it went well. We got a lot of information. Paleth didn't fare so well. Did you get the items back that I gave you? I didn't bother with the dinner fork. We have plenty of those. But I did manage to get the bone needle. Oh, sweet. Can I get that from you? No. Oh, but Albie was looking for a new toothpick. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's not going to use an ancient bone needle uh, as a toothpick. Oh, uh, I like to think that you guys are sitting around like a table and Albie's like chewing on the leg. So as you're talking, it starts tipping more and more <laughs> to the left. <laughs> Things are starting to slide off of it. I told you you needed a toothpick. I already ate my damn belaying pin. You know, that was the last piece I had from the albatross. The goddamn Albert ate it. Well, we're trying to get you the whole thing back. So you don't need some damn pin to remind you of it. It was the last piece I had for my ship. We went over this for two and a half hours. Had you told me that, I could have had Payload Scry on it, but, uh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Cade has this look on his face like, I'm going to fucking kill you. (laughs) Then he looks down and... And he, he's reminded of your blood-covered hands. <laughs> and he just kicks Albie in the face and walks away. Hey, 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 no. It, it clearly does no damage to him. That's yeah. all right. He'll take it out on your office later. Everin will <laughs> catch the sliding plate as it comes from one side of the table to the other and uh, kind of scoop it up in his hand. And then he'll grab the sliding fork. And um, since he didn't get to eat, he, in between... Uh, shoveling food into his mouth, he will say, well, I was almost Paleth. Cranthon's wonderful information nearly got me killed, and we now have a decision to make. So uh, what decision is that? So this Cameron person that Cranthon sent me after is gone. But uh, I met... has gone as well. I met this Graydon fellow, and... He gave us a counteroffer. He seems to know a little something about this key also and says if we give him the key, one, he did let me walk out 
and two, he'll for sure pay us a thousand dragons. Did I hear you say a thousand gold dragons? Kate will call from the other room. Yeah, a thousand. I know, Jalby. You know how many fish and roasts we can buy with a thousand gold dragons? <laughs> I, I tell him to start chewing on the other side of the table, start leveling it out. <laughs> he moves over. <laughs> We're all going to be sitting on the floor on, on, on like, uh, by the end shortly. of the conversation. I think regardless of the price of what you were offered, I think we need to move the job up even more. The bone needle that we scried on revealed a lot of information. There are some very pow- powerful magic at work. They were able to counter Payload's abilities and actually cast a spell back through a scrying portal which is magic that is more powerful than I have ever seen within my lifetime, both of my lifetimes. Well, that just ensures that we do have to move the timeline up like we talked about earlier. But say we actually pull this off. What do we do with the key? Do we give it to Foss or do we give it to Graydon? I mean, I agreed to it because he let me walk out of there alive. But I look toward Cranton and say, is this something that we can not give this guy and survive? Although that's an important matter and something that we need to look into, first we need to acquire the key or else we won't have any bargaining power. I think Kate and I should go tonight and try to get the key before... Well, it's getting it's getting, to be, it's getting to be sunrise it's again. It's like 6 a.m. right now. So and by tonight, I mean today. <laughs> and by today, I mean last night. <laughs> Is there any, um, is Kate aware of any connection between Mortison and the Dark Lantern? Uh, not a connection that you're directly aware of, no. Your guess is they're probably rivals. By this time, Kate has come back into the room and he's got his jacket on. And uh, he, he looks at the table as it's kind of starting to relevel and look then back over towards Evern. Cranthon's right, though we can't give it to your new ball friend person. That's just not an option. And we can't give it to Foss either. Well, then what do you plan on doing with it? Taking it and getting the hell out of here. Why don't we give it to Foss? I mean, he seems like a nice guy. There's someone else who needs the key. And they will reward us far more handsomely than Foss or Graydon. He said his name was Graydon. Or Graydon. But Foss did kind of pay us up front in the form of information about the key, which allows us to, I mean, he said we could take whatever else we wanted, but, and if we don't give him that, I mean, without his information, we wouldn't even know about the key in the first place. I think we still intend on getting whatever we can out of that room besides the key, but Cade might have a point. There's all kinds of people that want this key that we know nothing about and seem to be a little bit more dangerous than the four of us. Right, but then we'll owe Foss a debt since he already provided us information about it. And I agreed that I'd give this guy a key. He let me walk out of there without any holes in my body. Well, clearly we'll have to sort this out later. But for the meantime, let's make preparations for tonight. Evern, yeah, I'm going to get some rest. Yeah. And then we'll work on it. We'll get that done. And... I think we should prepare to not to leave tonight. I agree. Why don't you get some sleep and I'll prepare because I don't sleep anyways. 
So it sounds like you have the basics of your plan. You're going to go to the Sunken Hills Mansion the coming night, which means you need to let Cassandra know that she will need to be there that night to leave the door open. So that's the other thing is if you're moving up your timetable, she has to be made aware. We well, don't want to involve her. Because, well, the plan was that she was going to leave the door open and let you guys inside, and then she takes the key and then leaves. So we'll find a different way in. And that's that's fine if you want to do that. But yeah. if you want her involved, you'll have to let her know. I, I mean, I believe it's still early enough that I could catch her before her shift starts. You could. If you wanted to go, you would be able to catch her before. Yeah, I mean, it's six. It's like 6 a.m. in the morning, so yeah. you could do that. I, th- I think I think getting having her let us in is fine. I think maybe we don't give her the key on the way out. But She seems pretty capable of taking care of herself. If we look at the fact that she said that there was eight or nine guards there at the time that she was there, that she knows of, plus her, why add more people who we might have to fight to get out of there? She's going to be there regardless. What does it matter? She's not going to get in our way because she knows what we're doing. We're trying to help her, so I don't see how... She works in the evenings because she, she came... She gave him the thing in the afternoon. No, she gave it to him at night when she got off. She's a maid, dude. She okay. comes in the morning, maids the house during the during the day, and leaves at night. In when the it's... afternoon. So we're going to go at night. But she's but we have to be there so she can let us in. She's still got to be there. There's more than one way to get in a door than just to have some woman open. But if there's eight or nine guards there, why don't we do it while she's there? Because it's going to be easier. Look at how... I get that you don't like her. I really do. No, I mean... But if we already have an in and we know that it's going to be tough because it, there, there's not guards good, there, why don't we make it easier for us and let her she's do too, it? She's too unreliable because if she was afraid of picking up a fork and that was she was afraid of getting caught, she's going to struggle to go and open a door for us. Yeah, but she came through and gave us not only one item, but actually two. Yeah, so I think I'm with Lander... I don't. She hasn't failed yet. We have no reason not to. What did we find out about Voss? I don't know anything about the guy. What did we find out about Cassandra? She's beautiful. Then why include her in the plan? Like, if we're going to betray, because him, that was what we were told to do. That was the plan, not to betray Cassandra. All we and have Voss, to do, all she has to do, is let us in, and then we're supposed to give her the key afterwards. Who knows how long it'll take? She's going to wait, however long it takes. Okay, so maybe we get there before it's time for her to leave. And then what? Like, she's not going to leave. We're not going to give her the key anyways. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we're going to screw her over, why have her there as a wild card? Because she lets us get in the house easier. We already know it's going to be hard. She said there's more guards. Because the plan is what we were instructed to do was go get the key, proceed to key, get the key, proceed to give... Cassandra the key, then proceed to go loot the place. That was the preceded order of events. Why is he getting the key and looting the place at the same time? Okay, I, yes, but what if you recall what Foss's instructions were, get the key and immediately bring it to Cassandra, you know, basically do not pass go, do not collect $200, bring the key. She will then remove herself. If she lets us in and for some reason perceives that we are not breaking, that we are not following through with the plan, she could, being a helpful member of the staff, proceed to alert the guards that the place is being robbed. If Lander's there, he can take care of her. Lander isn't going to be there. I, th- I thought we were all going on this job. We're all going to have to go on this job. Why? Because eight or nine guards 
plus some is more than two of you can take care of. Plus, I don't think you've ever seen me fight. <laughs> I'm going to say, I, I think we could be okay. As long These as are elves. As long as they don't have any magnets, I think we're okay. <laughs> While the crew is talking about uh, if we give the key to Cassandra or not, Lander wants to make it a point that he believes we should give the key to Foss and Cassandra. However, he's not going to go against everybody if they decide to go the other way with it. We right. See, the problem is, too, we don't know what this key does. Mm-hmm. Like, we have no idea what this key does. We have three factions vowing for this key right yeah. now. It's clearly an important key for something. And so, you if don't we have hold... to tell me that. I, I understand. And I'm but with we... Cade on, on maybe we should probably keep it. But, yeah, because if we hold the key, we hold all the power. Like, we can maximize how much we get for this, how much of a reward or whatever. If We're also going to we make some enemies to now, too, no matter who we give it to. If we give it to nobody, we'll make enemies. Or if we we promise it to all three, so uh, someone's going to be mad. Well, no, we promised it to two. Who's the third faction? Uh, the guy who got us the ship. The Dark Discovery? Yeah. I thought the Dark Discovery was trustworthy. Everyone's ship. No. no well, actually, yeah, because remember in the, the flashback, you were the first person to discover to find the ship. Yeah. Well, no. Cranthon found it. Well, <laughs> technically, <laughs> yeah. yes. But, but you're the first Cranthin one to find it, it the second time because you're the first one that found the Darkling on board. Right. So you would know that the ship wasn't Everin's legally because you actually are the first So one. is it my ship? I own the Dark Discovery? No, no. Cranthon does. Oh. No. The... Actually, Everin owns it, but not directly. Just legally. Because legally. Cranthon does. No. <laughs> When he was looking in there at the thing, and there was the person laying on the ground, was that the darkling thing that was laying on the ground? No, it was a it was an elf, uh, okay. but just very old, ancient looking elf. Did it look like the supreme chancellor of? You probably had never seen that, like the emperor really elf, but, but your your sense is this probably was the emperor, just because the, all the other elves around the cloak, the the dark stone uh, of the tower. So yeah, probably was the emperor. Okay, all right. So you're going to go this evening, so it's early in the morning, this late night, you're going to go, so which is like a day earlier than you originally planned. Originally, you were going to tell Cassandra the night you were going to do it, and she was going to work it out so she could stay late and then be there to open a door for you and to take the key. Is that part of the plan changing? Are you going to let Cassandra know, or are you going to, going to ignore that part? Everyone makes it known that he is, he thinks it's, whether we intend to give her the key or not, which at this point we agree that we're not, I still think that letting her get us in is easier than trying to sneak around extra guards. Let's look at it from this perspective. The best case scenario is we steal this key and we make a clean break and we're out of here. We hit the highs. We, we're on the dray mouth and everything's all, all right. In reality, if we let her open the door, she'll be waiting for us. Once we leave, she'll follow us. And then she will tell the whole Port Macklin, every assassin and every elf and every, basically anyone who's anybody who wants to come after us will. And she'll lead them right to us because she will, we won't have any time to escape because she'll be right there to watch us leave and she'll make sure that her people follow us. So we just tie her up. We could always Ooh, bring yeah. her on board. I mean, I'm not opposed to this. 
we're either way, when we take the key and keep it, we're going to have two very powerful enemies chasing after us. So, so I'd like a head start on those enemies. I had an enemy. Then we, then we take her out. I had an enemy one way or the other one time. And, uh, I think if I had a better head start, I would be alive right now. (laughs) Then we, maybe we take her with us. Going to do the job. We're going to cut out Cassandra. We're going to try and avoid that complication. So do you want me to tell her or not? No. As far as she knows, she'll expect it tomorrow. What are you doing that day? Most of you have been up all night, so sleeping is a perfectly sound option. But I need to know if you're doing anything specific that day to prepare for that night's mission. So I'll start with Everin. Everin, what are you doing? Everin was responsible for getting the wagon and the essentially the getaway wagon for um, us because it was so far out of town that we needed some way to get back to uh, the city or to the boat because we did say that it was near enough to a body of water that we could get back to. So he was in charge of, of securing our transportation. So are you going to go buy a wagon or rent a wagon or steal a wagon? Uh, that's a good question. Um, what does my uh, what does my crew think? Do we th- do we think we should get a wagon and uh, hide it, say a mile from the mansion, or uh, should we secure a some type of small boat and uh, take that upriver, Captain? Well, let's. I think we should go with a wagon. Well, my nature would be to take the boat. We're going to be taking a boat when we get the heck out of here. And I don't, uh, you know, if we, if we start out on a boat, they might be looking for us on a boat on the sea. I don't want it necessarily to tie back to our ship immediately. I want to have a little bit of, of time before we can get out. It sounds like a good idea. I agree. I think uh, we definitely need some sort of transportation. And uh, a wagon sounds like a good idea. A small boat with Cranthon in it probably would sink it. I mean, he pulls enough weight down in our in our ship by itself that uh, having him lay down in a carriage or a wagon would probably be the best bet. All right. So you were going to go get a wagon. Are you going to do that like this morning? Or are you going to rest first? You're going to get an evening? Because again, it's, in my mind, it's like five or six o'clock in the morning right now. Um, I will go to uh, the stable. And get it probably within an hour or two early morning so that we have some. And I'll probably get a team of like four horses and a, and a wagon uh, big enough for Cranton to lay down in. And I will just pay for it for essentially the whole day's use. Okay. So what about Cranton? What are you doing this day to prepare for the mission? I'm not really doing anything. Like I don't need to sleep or nothing. So like I'll just help Captain Thorngage basically get ready. Okay. Like whatever he needs me to do or... Well, then we'll go to Captain Thorngage. What are, you, what are you doing to get prepared for tonight's mission? Because at the end of the last game, you had several hours that you said you were preparing, gathering gear. So I assume you already have your gear together. Is there anything else that you need or want to do? After he's gotten all of his gear together, um, he, and most of, most likely he's going to spend some time sleeping since we've been up all night. And um, yes, I, th- I think that that's good. He's also going to have... have uh, Lander go through Albie's droppings for any strange scraps of wood that have may may have been there. He's gonna collect them and try to glue them back together. 
you know. Uh, I'm like, all right, I'm a little lost. <laughs> I came back to me having to go through Albie's shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you you didn't miss anything. <laughs> that, that, that was about the gist of it. But, that why, <laughs> Remember he ate the blame pin yeah. last? Oh, that's right. Wait, why are, we, why are we trying to get the blame pin back? Because it's all I got left of the albatross. I'll, I'll carve you a new one. Payleth can't scry for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. somebody choked the shit out of him. <laughs> that, uh, that ship has sailed. Okay, so... I totally didn't even think We do it. need somebody to... Cranthin could probably get the ship ready for sale because it's not like we're going to have a whole lot of time after this goes down to, to stay in port. We're going to have to get out of here. So you could probably ready the ship for almost immediate sailing once we conclude our business one way or the other. So, Lander, what are you doing this morning to prepare for the mission? I will be going out to town and getting supplies for the ship. Okay. And while out to town, I'm going to sneak off and go see Foss. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G, and you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening, and as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>